0: I was like well what do I do and he's like there's really no options you just need to go on this medication and I'm like I don't want to go on medication he's like well you know go home do your research and come back in three months and we'll test you again Um, and if it's still high then you know I'm gonna have to put you on this medication so I went home that night and pretty much very naively became a vegan because I knew nothing about veganism I don't even know if at the time i heard of the word before i knew of vegetarianism my wife was actually a vegetarian when we first started dating um and i had actually switched her back <laughs> to eating meat because um, she she gets really bad migraines and at the time as a meat eater i was like oh you're missing all these nutrients right so it's that, that's why you're getting these migraines pretty much that night i just went home Anything that had cholesterol on the package, um, I just threw out, took it out of the fridge, took it out of the cabinets, and went vegan pretty much overnight.
1: I always bring like a sweet potato chili, like chili and and a bag of Fritos, like people love that. It's easy to make like those scoop Fritos with the chili and you could add the cheese sauce if you have time, but I usually do like a really good hearty chili I'm probably making for the Super Bowl, so yeah, something like that. Or I, it's just like a black bean chili with peppers. It's your basic bean chili recipe. Um, The only thing that I do is I just grate like a sweet potato in um, near the end, and it just kind of melts into the chili. It's really good, Um, and it just adds that you know thick potato. ...ness to the chili, and you can heat it up however you like it with a spice, and then you just bring a bag of Fritos, some guac, and you're done.
2: Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess, and I am your singular host today because my co-host and love BJ is actually preparing smoothie bowls because we are in the middle of Yogi Triathlete Training Camp. We're here in Carlsbad, California, and uh, we just got done with Beach Yoga. We're on day four of five. Everybody's pretty wrung out, and we thought it would be a perfect time to come together for a podcast. Because if you've listened to the show and you've heard the coaches on before, especially our post race smackdowns, we. We like to do it when we're a little punchy. So that is today. Um, and our stars of the show, we have Chef Linda Lang, who is out here from New Jersey and I think has quickly fallen in love with Southern California, even though we've had not great weather for camp, um, and then perfect weather all at the same time. And then, of course, we've got the vegan-powered athlete, which is really the inspiration for this podcast. We've got Daniel Ranches. yes. I don't know why I stumble on that name, but um, I just want to make it perfect for him because I love him so much. And uh, we've got Daniel here, we've got our athletes here. Hey. <laughs> I didn't prep them on that one. And uh, we're going to have a little Q&A. So I don't know what these guys have prepared, the questions that they're going to ask, but we're psyched to be here. We're uh, grateful for all of you who are listening. And of course, if anything doesn't get covered in this podcast and you've got questions that are lingering, send us those questions and we will conquer them on another show. So why don't we start out with just a quick introduction from both of you, Daniel and Linda. You guys can just introduce yourselves Uh, for those that may be new listeners and for our loyal listeners who love a reminder because they love you.
0: Hello, everyone. What a surprise thrown into the fire. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm Daniel, so also known, aka Vegan powered Athlete. Vegan burrito, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> um, so I've been with Yo- coaching now with Yogi Triathlete for a year and a half, two years almost. And I've been uh, within the group, I think, in the community probably three years now, three and a half. So um, triathlon coaching. Um, also in 2019, I went through uh, plant-based nutrition certification. Um, and all things vegan, so vegan lifestyle, etc. So um, I've been on this endurance journey now for about 10 years. It'll be 10 years in March. Um, before that, I had no knowledge of any endurance <laughs> at all. I didn't even have PE in high school. So um, yeah, my life changed when I turned 40. So yeah, it's great to be here. It's been so inspiring to see all the athletes here just uh, push push through um, barriers where they thought they couldn't go before. So, so exciting to see it.
1: Thanks, Jess. Thanks, everyone. Um, My name is Linda. You know it's been wonderful being here and meeting all of you this long weekend. Um, I'm a recovering elementary school teacher turned chef um, and content creator. Uh, And it's an honor to do... Recipes and behind the scene podcast work for these guys and create vegan recipes that people really can enjoy, um, that they don't always have to eat a salad, um, that it can be delicious and also be vegan. And my background into all of this really started with my parents. Um, I lost both of my parents when I was young to cancer and heart disease. And it really, you know, pivoted me into this direction of health and how can I um, change course and still eat the food that I love and make it delicious but also make it healthy. Um, And I thank them for that parting gift that they left me with just learning about how to stay away from disease and preventative health. And it's my driving force today. And... It's an honor to share share that gift. So I've had a blast with you guys, and I can't wait to stay connected and do it all over again. Thank you, uh, Linda. And, yeah, Daniel, I forgot to tell you we're doing a podcast today. I told
2: Linda. I don't think I told anybody else. So thanks for showing up and always be willing to be uh, dance in the fire with us. We we appreciate it. And both of your stories are so inspirational and um you know, they come from, they come from pain and, and that, that's something that we've heard so many times throughout all the episodes on this show is just, you know, purpose can come through pain and heartbreak. So when we stay awake in life and we navigate the challenges of life in a way where we take them not as punishments, but as learning opportunities, you know, we really can step into who We were always meant to be in this life. Uh, Okay, well, I'm going to open it up now to the amazing athletes that are here who have questions for these guys. So whoever wants to go first, gently pick up that microphone and fire away.
1: Hi, I'm Liz. Um, I know, Linda, you already kind of uh, started to answer this, but I was just would love to hear more detail from both of you on uh, your decision on to become vegan. Like, what was that journey like and then those first early steps on that transition from what you were doing before to being vegan. Thanks, Liz. Um, you know, I went back and forth a lot. So I was never a huge meat eater. I grew up in an Irish family and it was just all meat and potatoes, but I just kind of worked around the plate, ate the meat a little bit, but I was never into it. Um, and the first, uh, I was listening to Rich Roll, I host Thanksgiving for my siblings every year, so I was like, let me try, it was Thanksgiving was my, let me try this, and I had really given up most meat, it was just the cheese, pizza, New York pizza was like, you know, couldn't give that up, Um, so I would go back and forth, and then one Thanksgiving, I think I was listening to Rich and Julie and they were saying that, you know, how can you make vegan dishes and just try it? And I said, let me just try to make all the sides vegan, not really tell my family. Um, and I did. And I sat, I didn't even tell my husband. I just said, I'm, that moment, that Thanksgiving, I just said, let me see if I can do this just with myself. And it's, that's when it started. And that was about 16 years ago. But you know, that back and forth you know it's okay you just gotta you just gotta ride that wave and and be there so if a little cheese slips in your life or or dairy you know just keep trying
0: all right let's see if I could get through this <laughs> so three thirteen thirteen 13 was the start of my journey sorry I haven't really talked about much about it lately but that day um, my mom had a massive heart attack <laughs> sorry uh, so about nine months after that happened um I kind of went into like a really bad depression I was drinking a lot just beer <laughs> I never got into the hard alcohol um Pretty much every night, I mean, I was drinking, I think I got up to a 12-pack a night. It was just, I gained so much weight, um, more than I've ever weighed in my life. So I I was close to 200 pounds at that point. Went to my doctor. He said, you know, you got high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I'm going to put you on medication that you'll have to take for the rest of your life. And I was like, what do you, I mean, I thought I lived healthy, you know. Up until that point, I thought I, you know, I thought I ate, quote, clean. Um, I wasn't really a big meat eater as well, but did eat a lot of chicken. Um, Never really got into seafood. So, I mean, I thought I was doing all the right things. I was relatively active. I mean, I was in retail at the time. I was on my feet, you know, in retail management. So I was on my feet for 15, 16 hours a day. And I had a gym membership that I went to two or three times a year. (laughs) So I was like, well, what do I do? And he's like, there's really no options. You just need to go on this medication. And I'm like, I don't want to go on medication. He's like, well, you know, go home, do your research and come back in three months and we'll test you again. Um, And if it's still high, then, you know, I'm going to have to put you on this medication. So I went home that night and pretty much very naively became a vegan because I knew nothing about veganism. I don't even know if at the time I heard of the word before. I knew of vegetarianism. My wife was actually a vegetarian when we first started dating. um, And I had actually switched her back (laughs) to eating meat um, because she she gets really bad migraines and at the time as a meat eater I was like oh you're missing all these nutrients right so it's that, that's why you're getting these migraines so pretty much that night I just went home anything that had cholesterol on the package um, I just threw out took it out of the fridge took it out of the cabinets and went vegan pretty much overnight um, which in turn meant you know, no animal products at all um So that's how my journey started, and then at the same time, I started running for the first time ever, never ran. Like I mentioned before, I didn't have P.E. in high school because I had back problems. Um, So I started running in a local um, half marathon. So this all was about right a couple weeks before Thanksgiving, and... In March, the beginning of March, um, the next year, there was a half marathon locally, and I thought that would be cool to to get to a half marathon, um, and it happened to fall on the same anniversary as my mother's passing, so I trained for three months to get to that half marathon, um, and then at that point, I was hooked, even though I could not walk after my knees blew up <laughs> like size of balloons, um, but I was hooked. Um you know and I got all the questions like well how do you get your protein how, do you, how, how can you be an endurance athlete and get enough protein um, and I was very like I said before very naive about the veganism thing but it never seemed to be a problem for me um, I wasn't an athlete in the past so I guess the whole protein thing wasn't driven into my head that you had to get so much protein and, you know, do all these things. So um, it was kind of an easy transition, um, and I have no comparison of, like, prior to. So, um, yeah, so that's how I got into both veganism and endurance sports pretty much at the same time. Yep. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much. It's it's not easy to talk about our our traumas, and, and when we do, sometimes they come up. And uh, so you're always so generous and honest, like all of our guests on this show. Just amazing. So thank you both for sharing that. Next question.
3: This is Kai. I've got a really hard-hitting question for Daniel, which
0: is, what goes into the perfect burrito? going and ask about the beard, <laughs> which started at the same time as well. <laughs> um, it all, yeah, the beard started, the hair kind of grew out. I always had short hair and did not like the hair touching my ears, and I had to always like if it if it's touched my ears, I had to cut it. So, and then the beard, I always I always kind of had a goatee um, out of high school, but um, same thing, I, I always kept it short, didn't like it long. And so I just, it all kind of like, it was just a reminder to myself every time I looked in the mirror that I was on a new journey. And I would leave the beer until it just started bugging me, and it just hasn't bothered me at this point. Um, But back to burritos, since I love burritos. Uh, um, I am very simple, so I mean, I think my favorite burritos are probably... um, I mean, I do, like, just basic, basic burritos throughout the week, which is just, like, um, like I get frozen bell peppers and just saute those up or just heat them up, and then I'll throw black beans in and then just throw a few little spices in, add some avocado, and I wrap it up. So that's probably the simplest, best burrito um, I could do. Um, There is one um, that takes a little more time that... um, kind of the same, but I I will chop up like zucchini uh, the, be- the red bell peppers, black beans um, corn um, and kind of almost make it almost like a little stew um, but not as drainy as a stew I guess um, and then obviously always add avocado <laughs> so I think avocado makes the, the burrito perfect <laughs>
1: How about you, Linda, do you have a favorite burrito? Um, I like the crunch like I like to heat it up and the pan like make it. Um, basic recipe, whatever I have on hand, black beans, avocado, lettuce. I like like greens in there and then um, same thing peppers, whatever I have, clean out the fridge. and then I like the crunch like a crunch wrap almost so like I'll toast it up and something about that kind of just does me in I like the good crunch and warm I have a question how do you get the crunch on on the tortilla so you can just heat up like a saute pan and put the made burrito on the on the saute pan or frying pan medium heat um, if you have a cast iron skillet it'll get really great you can put it on that and then you can just put like a pot lid over it to kind of smush it um, so it can really get that, that crunch and brown on the bottom and then wait a few minutes, check it, see if it's toasty enough and then flip it over again and just smash it with the pot lid or another heavy plate or something like that. And you get the good, good crunchy brown sides. Nice. Mystery revealed. I've always wondered about that. How you get that?
2: Cause that's what I think makes the perfect burrito. Okay. Who's next? This is Jeanette, and I'm gonna stay on the food trend here. And what we're eating smoothie bowls that BJ made that are amazing. And he said that we're putting in it granola that is yogi triathlete granola. So I wanna I wanna know a little
0: bit more about that because it's really delicious.
2: The Yogi Triathlete Granola. Where is my husband to tell us about the Yogi Triathlete granola? Well, here's the here's the real story about the yogi triathlete granola. I tried for years to figure out a way to make granola where it had, like it wasn't getting soggy, you know, where it had the, the crunch. And when we put out our first cookbook, I hadn't, I didn't really have it yet. So I didn't put it in there. And I was trying all these different things, of course, to make it vegan and to make it as healthy as possible. So we came up with the original Yogi Triathlete Granola Which is in um, We share those recipes Like in our Patreon community And um, I can't, I don't have that pulled up right now But the original recipe That I created Also included Dried blueberries um, And What else was in there uh, There was other things Like I think dried cranberries And just a little bit more Pop of flavor And Then BJ started making the granola and stripped it down to what you guys are experiencing right now, which is basically the base granola, which is delicious. And then he adds coconut in it, which was all a part of the recipe, but I would add in other things on top, like dried fruits and stuff, but that's not always his favorite. He just wants, like you, Linda, he wants the crunch. So this recipe um, has chia seeds in it. It has maple syrup. Oh, Daniel's got it right here for me. 30-minute homemade granola. Here's the original recipe. So it's rolled oats, flaxseed, hemp hearts, chia seeds, coconut sugar. So that's how we got some sweet in it. Pumpkin seeds, walnuts, maple syrup, we used to use coconut oil. We're not using coconut oil in it currently. That batch wasn't. And then I have dried blueberries, cranberries, and shredded coconut. And so you mix all that good stuff together, pop it in a 350 oven, or 300 oven, actually, for about, he's got it at 28 minutes, which he, he has found in our oven is the perfect Uh, amount to cook it where it's not gonna it's gonna have crunch but it's not gonna get burnt and he also does it on parchment paper as well so he took the recipe I created and just kind of stripped it down because he just really wants the crunch and then in the smoothie bowls today we're also adding cacao nibs and goji berries which are some of our favorite anyone else
1: Hi, this is James, and my question for Linda and
2: Daniel was about navigating, like, blended families, and by blended, I
3: mean, like, you're vegan, maybe a lot of your family is not vegan,
2: whatnot. How do you go about, like, sharing in a way that's constructive and isn't preachy and, you know, all that kind of stuff? So that's kind of my
1: question. Thanks. Such a great question. I love this question. <laughs> Um you know it's I I think I've said to a few of you here this week I don't broadcast that much that I'm vegan I just kind of sneak in and come in with casseroles, salads, desserts. Um I you know we just had the holidays so I just show up. I show up with food for myself and to share and I don't even mention they. Most of them know that I'm vegan now, um, but i I just kind of, I just kind of share. Um, it's not. It's not as all of you know. It's not easy. Um, I was just at Christmas with a lot of meat in front of me. Um, but everyone's on their own journey, so you know, there's no judgment. People are where they are and you meet them there. So I just bring food to share and and people really usually, you know, it's usually done and gone. I usually have to make a lot to share. And sometimes that can be frustrating if, you know, like if you're tired from working and you're like, oh, now I've got to make three lasagnas to bring for Christmas Eve, Christmas and whatever. But, you know, it's nice to share and to give, because usually when we give, we get a lot back. So, um, I, I think just, I just don't, I don't, unless people ask me, I don't really say, um, you know, you get the funny question answers like, oh, you still eat fish though. Right. Or, you know, and it's just like, no, I don't eat any animals. Um, but I really don't get involved in the protein questions in the you know, health questions. I just keep it really to the food or the recipe. And then I just, I'll let them talk.
0: Yeah, I think I've learned early on, my family got tired of me trying to preach. So, um, you know, and that's kind of where the VPA, the vegan powered athlete came from was because not just my family, but most people out in public don't want you preaching. So it was a way for me to still spread the, or bring awareness to the message um, but not necessarily through my words but my actions so um, but with family it's um, like Linda said do what you can to share so whenever we'll share like food because once they find out that it, the food tastes amazing um, usually they're open to trying more of it um but yeah, we just went through the holidays and same thing. Um, you know, the text messages were going back and forth, and what they wanted, what everybody wanted to to make, and it was just kind of like mm, <laughs> gritting gritting the teeth. Um, but this year, I kind of just threw out there, hey, there's a lot of alternatives now. Who's open to like changing the 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 way we have always done things and just try something new with a substitute instead of making, you know, that that casserole with butter, use a vegan butter or plant-based butter. So it's like taking little steps like that. Um and it was really successful this year where um most of my family was more receptive to it that way than like it has to be vegan. Um, so yeah, I think just, you know, bringing your own food you know sometimes you have to eat beforehand if if you're not able to make something um to be sure that 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 you get you know a meal in um but um what i have found once once you kind of open that door a little bit they're more receptive to trying more things later on or new things later on um so yeah
2: Yeah, I'll just piggyback on what Linda said. I'm just kind of jumping in here and answering it as well, because I think this is a really important one. What I would do is, um, and it serves a couple of purposes. I would just go home to my family and I would cook for them. And I would just be in service. And so, and when I say it serves a couple of purposes, you know, family is going to be the ones that are going to push your buttons for the longest on your time here on earth. And so you would just go into the kitchen and I would just be in service and I would just really be mindful about the energy that I was putting into the food and, you know, serving them love. Uh, And it was also a nice safe space if, you know, old cycles and patterns were starting to surface. And I just kind of claimed that role and, and started to just make delicious food, like let the food speak for itself. And, you know, my mom turned vegan when she was in her 80s and got off of medication in her 80s that she had been on for 30 plus years. And not because BJ and I ever said you should eat like this and you shouldn't do this and you shouldn't do this and you should do this. We would, I would just say, hey, I, I got dinner tonight, I'll, I'll, I'll cook dinner. And then I cooked one dinner and they said, whoa, this is really good and I feel light and I don't feel like I need a nap and my pants don't hurt. And then I would say, oh, well, you know, I've got a great pancake recipe, I'll make breakfast. And, and so you kind of put yourself into service and you just let the food speak for itself. And, and one particular experience, which was really profound, is when BJ and I raced Ironman Cozumel and my sister and brother-in-law came on that trip. And my sister was very heavy into CrossFit and eating paleo. And I, she said, well, I'm just going to let you cook. I said, yeah, we're good. Like, we'll go to the store. We'll just cook. That's fine. And so, essentially, she just ate vegan for the week that we were there and has been vegan ever since. And that was in 2015 because she just loved the food and she loved how she felt. And... um, yeah, so I found that just letting the food speak for itself is a really great way to uh to spread the good word.
0: I think it's important to meet them where they're at and remember like most of us were there before and there's something about our journey that 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 switched the the, the light bulb and and we changed or we made the change. So just remember that a lot of times they just don't know. So You know, if they're open to learning, that's when you can be, you know, talk more about it um, and not be so preachy. But like Linda said, everybody's on their own journey and people make the change for different reasons. Um, And I think that's important to just kind of meet them where they are at. Because like I said before, I was very naive. I had no idea that that's, you know, is that. Animal products were causing the disease that was within my family. So, um, until you know, I learned, um, I would have just continued to go on, you know, eating like I, I thought was what I thought was healthy. So,
2: yeah, it's a great question, James. I think uh, that will speak to a lot of people. Anyone else? Hi, this is Shannon, and um, I love to cook. And In fact, I love to cook more than when I was cooking for my kids growing up. It was basically a starch, a vegetable, and a meat, right? So what would give me some good starter recipes for people? Not even a recipe. Like, What did you guys eat when you started um, eating plant-based?
0: So I don't know how I found it, but I found this website called Food Gawker. Dot com, I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it. So, and all I really did, so the the unique thing about this website is you could put in whatever you have. Like, if I had a whole bunch of zucchini in my fridge, and I was like, what can I make with zucchini? I'm t- like, you could just put zucchini in, in the search bar, and it'll bring up all these recipes with zucchini. Back then, they didn't have a vegan tab, but now they do. But I find even when I go to it now, I won't use the vegan tab, because it seems like, the recipes are limited (laughs) i'll just put it in and then just eliminate the animal product or the protein that they're putting into it or use tofu or something else in its place but at the time when i was using it um yeah i would just take the meat out of whatever recipe it was um and either just eat it that way or add a different protein into it so that that helped my journey along
1: um, I have to think back. I, I, you know, I love to cook. So I enjoyed finding all the recipes and trying new recipes. Um, so I would spend a lot of time just, you know, trying different recipes today. It looks a lot different. It's quick, easy, you know, um, potatoes, vegetables, whatever I have in there. um, it could be like that handful of spinach because I don't have time to make a salad, or just you know grab out of the clam pack of greens or whatever I have for the for the side of the plate, and then usually a lot of beans. I usually have just a pantry full of beans. Um, it's not fancy; it's just simple. And and like we did in a week kitchen, we have sauces. So like you know the cheese sauce or a barbecue sauce or you know, a nut-based sauce or um, what did I make last week before I left? Like a cilantro yogurt sauce to throw on things. So I think that's that's always nice to have in the fridge to pop, make a meal pop. Because I think we're all just so tired after the end of the day. You don't really feel like creating all that stuff. So just keeping it simple and Utilizing your pantry and your freezer, and what you've already bought in your fridge, um, you can come up with some really just simple things, but that are tasty. Yeah, the one thing I've found about like cooking
2: easy with with whole food plant based is like you can't screw it up. It's so hard to screw it up. You just quinoa, potatoes, some vegetables. You're done. So many times we'll throw on like Trader Joe's vegan Caesar with some nooch, like on a grain bowl. So really, really simple stuff. You it's so hard to screw it up. We also I also like to get um a lot of times in supermarkets now they'll have like big containers of like already chopped butternut squash or sweet potatoes and I'm a big fan of buying convenience. Like I will spend money for convenience because the potatoes will sit on top of the fridge or I just, they're already cut. They're already peeled, throw them in the oven, um, you know, on a hot oven for 20 or so minutes. And then you can just have them in the fridge to throw on salads or to heat up again for another, another meal. No. Who's next question? Yes.
0: Hi, this
3: is Justin. So at camp, some of us are on vacation, quote-unquote. Uh, so my question is, how do you navigate the opportunities for people who are staying at a hotel um, to eat plant-based?
0: And like your number one tip or your go-to routine. That's a good idea. You're saying when you're staying at a hotel, like what... Yeah, if you're, if you're traveling and you don't have
3: a kitchen, a full kitchen or anything
0: like that. Um, so for the most part, when I travel, I try to find a kitchen for that specific reason, because I like to cook myself. Um, I rarely go out to eat. I'm, and like I mentioned before, I'm very simple in the food that I do eat. Um, but this last year, with traveling to some races, I couldn't get a kitchen, but at least there was a microwave. So um, I'm thinking about, like, Lake Placid. I did this, what was it, tater tot. Um, it was a veggie. So it was a veggie burger, tater tots, and guacamole, and I rolled it up in a tortilla. <laughs> <laughs> and I made that out of the microwave. Um, and I've also done pasta. So I, I do pasta for all my races, um, kind of old school like that, I guess. But I've been able to still do pasta in a hotel room with just a microwave. By microwaving the pasta, I'll use zucchini and bell peppers um, in the sauce and make my pasta dinner before a race in the microwave. So it is possible to still race an Ironman <laughs> out of a microwave.
2: <laughs> when we drive to hotels, uh, when we're driving to races, And we're staying at a hotel. We actually bought a little hot plate. And so we'll bring a saucepan and we'll bring the pancake pan. So we're making pancakes in the hotel room. We're making rice and our pre-race dinner, which is basically just white rice and avocado. And then, of course, Clark, if we're driving, Clark is with us. And Clark eats oatmeal for breakfast. And so we'll make his oatmeal. Um, And then another thing is most hotels have, like, breakfast available, which is typically not vegan, but they'll have bananas, they'll have oranges, they'll have apples, all of that stuff you can throw in your granola. I mean, your oatmeal in the morning or your granola. Uh, and then they also typically have fridges, so a small little thing of plant milk. And I think that goes a long way.
1: Yeah, I think that kind of covers it. I would say, you know, depending if you're flying or driving, I like to do overnight oats, um, preset kind of little jars, um, I've been known to bring the air fryer on the road because the air fryer kind of like can crisp up all those things. I don't really love like soggy microwave. I like like a crunchy. So I'll bring pre-cooked potatoes, my air fryer, um, lots of dates, lots of, you know, dried snacks like nuts. Um, coffee's a big one for me. So I always make sure I have my, you know, my creamer um, or oat milk. Or they have make powdered, you know, if you can't take the liquid on a plant, obviously, just take, like, a powdered creamer. So, and then the fruit, usually in a hotel, you make it work. Um, those little packets of oatmeal or even, like, the, the little um, microwavable oatmeal cups are good.
2: Yeah, those are great tips, you guys. Uh, any more questions for these
1: guys? What's your favorite go-to dish for, like, if you have to go to, like, to a potluck? That's something that's not too complicated to make. (laughs) Mm. They can feed a lot of people. That's, yeah. That's a good one. There's so many. Um, I always bring, um, like, a sweet potato chili, like, chili and, and a bag of Fritos. Like, people love that. It's easy to make like those scoop Fritos with the chili and you could add the cheese sauce if you have time. But I usually do like a really good hearty chili. Um, I'll probably make it for the Super Bowl. So yeah, something like that. Or I, it's just like a black bean chili with peppers. It's your basic bean chili recipe. Um, the only thing that I do is I just grate like a sweet potato in um, near the end and it just kind of melts into the chili. It's really good. Um, and it just adds that, you know, thick potato-ness to the chili. And you can heat it up however you like it with a spice. And then you just bring a bag of Fritos, some guac, and you're done. usually goes.
0: Yeah, the only thing I could think of top of my head was like a stew or a soup as well i'm just thinking of the holidays and that's what we did this year was a split pea soup um probably because it reminds me of my mother as well (laughs) she always had the best split pea soup ever um and then my wife says now that she her recipe was the recipe that's on the back of the split pea package (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah split pea soup um As well as a stew, like a really hearty stew with some potatoes, um, lentils, that kind of thing. Um, is usually when I have to go to like a bigger gathering, I'll do something like that. That's real simple. Um, The split pea soup that we did is just in the crock pot too. So it's like, takes like 10 minutes to like whip up and then sits all day and cooks for you. So yeah.
2: Yum. I want, we just had smoothie bowls and now I just want chili. All right. Who else has a question for these guys? Oh. Head coach is coming in. Hey, Beach. Thanks for the smoothie bowls.
3: Howdy. Oh, my pleasure. So you may have already covered this, but when is a good time or how do you determine when to use real foods like sweet potatoes and um, potatoes, like out on on, on a ride or run versus when are we going to use those quick sugars to get in? And what are other types of things that we can use
0: besides the potatoes and sweet potatoes? Um, I think this is. it's so individual because of everybody's stomachs and where they're at with with the food that they put in their body. Um, but obviously it's like sweet potatoes and that type of thing. is going to be longer energy sources versus the quick fructose kind of sugars that will give you that quick hit. Um, so depending on, you know, what kind of event you're doing, um, you know, most triathlons, I would say, even for Ironmans, you kind of want it, that energy level level to be always high. So that's why we're usually just like constantly hitting that <laughs> the fructose and the gels and the the carb mixes um, to keep the energy level going. So um, I think when you get, I I think the ultra running crew tends to lean more towards real foods. Than what I've seen in triathlon. Um, And that's you know. I used to do. I used to puree like sweet potatoes. And put like pineapple juice in it. And put it in those little. The little flasks. When I was running. um, Trail running. Um, So that'll give you. Longer sustained energy. And I think some other options. For real food. You know dates are really popular. Um, I'll give you that quick sugar. I mean, obviously nuts, some nuts are really good as well, but you don't want to do too many nuts. Um, But a lot of the bars and stuff you'll see, they'll have usually like cashews, but that's also a longer sustained energy source. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, I would say play around with it. Have, you know, have fun. Definitely everyone's so individual. So whatever works best for people, um... What was that, like, chia seed drink that people would, like, shake up for? Yeah, a little chia seed, like, drink mixture. Um, And have fun and explore, like, what works for you. Maybe even make a little log of, like, your whatever, how your stomach felt or, you know, so you know what foods work best. I think the more information we have on that, the better we'll be able to fine-tune what our best, you know, fuel sources are for long runs or, or rides. Um, keeping it simple. All right. All right is I'll com- go again. Coming yeah, back with a. I need
3: to ask. Um, I want to know, especially in my experience, I like to get onto one thing and just have that one thing all the time.
2: <laughs> I told them how you stripped down the granola recipe.
3: Yeah. So now it's only that way or it's no way. <laughs> I don't make it. So uh, can you guys, both Daniel and uh, Linda, can you guys like speak to how you've worked with people, you know, transitioning to that curiosity about eating more plant-based and not getting so fixated on, I need, you know, the same meal over and over again, getting the same, you know, nutrients where you can begin to maybe mix it up a little bit and sort of add a few things here and there. How do you guys approach that?
1: I just offer, um, a whole list of different things, you know, for them to choose. Usually if I'm cooking for someone and I'm like, I'm like, okay, here's some ideas. Um, what, what speaks to you, you know, and let them, let them decide, you know, which way, um, or I'll just bring over something new and have them try it. And then, You know, it usually will broaden their horizons to most people. And I usually, my, my front, like usually it's dessert or something sweet or like something, like a good appetizer or something that gets them in, you know, not like a really healthy salad. It's just something, something delicious and yummy. Um, but I want to go back to that, like what to bring over Liz question, um, a chili might take a little bit of time, but something that's really simple um, is like a ziti, like a pasta with ready-made like Trader Joe's pesto, jar sauce, um, pastas quick to make, maybe throw in some veggies that you have already on hand, and that's like an easy like bring over dish to someone's house, feeds a lot and people usually like it. Or my other one, if I don't have time to cook, is usually a platter of veggie sushi. I usually bring to someone's house. That way people like it and I have something to eat. Like just um, just like, like uh, avocado rolls or cucumber rolls or most Asian places will make like a big platter of it. Um, and it's so pretty. So usually people just I'll bring that over and people love it. Yeah, or any grocery store that has sushi. You can just make your own platter with a couple of different rolls.
0: Um, I think I usually try to just offer up suggestions on things that they may have never tried that they can also use while eating something that they're familiar with. So, I mean, I was... Like I said before, I wasn't a big meat eater, but I also wasn't a big vegetable eater. (laughs) So I hated vegetables, right, growing up. Um, And my, I mean, everything's been so expanded for me now. Um, But just things like quinoa, where it was like, I mean, I think I was vegan for five years and never heard of quinoa. (laughs) And now it's like, almost like a staple in my house. Um, But farro, stuff like that. So um, just getting them to maybe try one new thing. Either every week or every month, something new, just adding something in, you know. And if they say they, they don't like it, um, you know, that's kind of a challenge. It's like, okay, how can we work this in? And what I did when I started, um, because I didn't like, some of it was just texture-wise, I didn't like it. So it was chopping it even smaller so that I didn't didn't really have to chew it that long So it's small tricks like that as well as just adding something new and just reminding them that, you know, our taste buds replace themselves every three days. So it's like if you can just stick to something for a week, for five days, three, five days, um, chances are you're going to like that new item. So, you know, whatever it is, broccoli or zucchini or bell peppers. Um, but we hear it all the time. Like, you know, I don't like vegetables. Well, you know, give it a try, try a different way, cook it a different way, you know, maybe steam it instead of roasting it or roast it instead of steaming it, um, whatever we can do to kind of add that in. And then over time, what you'll find is that your body will start craving those things versus what you're replacing it with. So.
2: All right. I think we have time for one more question. Kai,
3: bringing it home. So question for both of you is, what do you see in terms of, if you look at the people that you've worked with, the sort of challenges, the sort of the the big hurdles that people
1: that you've worked with have faced in terms of adopting a plant-based diet, and then recommendations in terms of don't overthink it or how to sort of break through those challenges, if that makes any sense. Question for both of you. Yeah, you know, I think staying consistent. I think, you know, it's easy when I'm bringing over the food, it's all pretty and made and done, but then they're with their family who's not vegan or they're on a business trip or they're, they're you know, celebrating their, you know, mother's birthday. Um, so things come up and then they slip off. Um but that's okay. I think you're going to ebb and, you know, come back and forth. So I think you know, the more times you can keep coming back and just, you know, making yourself accountable, having someone to um guide you along the way, um like we always talk about here with community is so important. Um and know what your why is. I guess why are you, why are you doing this? Why are we? For me, it's never too far behind. Why I'm doing this, um, and if I do, I I do fall off course. If I do, I have to say, okay, like you can. I can feel it first of all, and then it's like get back, get back on track, you know. Um, but know what works for you. Maybe it's calling, you know, someone. Um, to just get you back on track, or, um, you know, what do they say? Too that you're the average of the top five people you spend the most time with. So who are you? Who's who are you around? You know, some of us are not around a lot of vegans. That's why it's so nice here to be surrounded by so much, so many of them. But you know, who are you hanging out with? Because um, they have a, you know, a lot of influence over you. But stay consistent.
0: Linda kind of stole mine, but it was the why. Like, that's the biggest challenge is that their why is not strong enough. It's like, why do they want to be vegan? Is it for health, environment, the animals? Um, If their why is strong enough, they'll find a way to do it. You know, just like we've talked about in training, if it's important to you, you find a way to do it. So um, that's the biggest challenge. And then I think the second is family, definitely, Um, you know, I hear it all the time, well, I can't go vegan because my wife and kids aren't vegan. Um, so, and that does pose a challenge, but then again, it goes back to that why. So why do you want to be vegan? Um, so if your why is strong enough, you're going to find a way to do it.
2: Absolutely. And you don't have to wait for a tragedy in your life to make the change if you want to make the change. you gotta want. You got to want to make the change. Um, thank you both so much for sharing so generously and giving us great tips. Um, that's going to span well beyond this um, piece of the schedule of Yogi Triathlete Camp. We're so grateful to all of you guys Liz, James, Shannon, Justin, Kai, Jeanette. You guys have been a dream team uh, this camp this week. We're so grateful. And it's not done yet. We are all going to be going to the plot in Oceanside, California tonight to destroy the menu, which is typically what we do on day four of the camp. It's like the biggest, it's the biggest event of all the events. Um, but if you guys are interested in getting more of Linda and Daniel, you know, Daniel just launched a super cool subscription program through the Vegan Powered Athlete Nutrition, Vegan Powered Nutrition. So please check that out. That is new offering in the world and we want that to to expand greatly, and then Linda is our in house nutrition coach with Yogi Triathlete, and she will work with you anyway cooking classes, consultations, recipes, meal planning, whatever it is that you need. So Hopefully, everybody took something away from this podcast. I know I certainly did. I definitely want to shred sweet potatoes over my next chili batch. And uh, again, if we left anything out, just drop us a message, and we will conquer that question on our next podcast, our next O show, which Beej and I are going to be recording. Soon, this week, probably. All right, thank you, everybody. We are so grateful for this audience. We're so grateful for this live audience right here. Thanks to all of our, uh, yeah. (laughs) Thanks to our Patreon community. There's no podcast without our Patreon community. There's no podcast without Linda Ling. And there's no podcast without John Summerford, who is the guy behind all of this beautiful audio. He produces our show every week. And we're so grateful for this entire team. Thank you so much, everyone. Peace out.